hard it is for me to speak clearly. The pressure you just put on me with that prayer. God I, will help you. That's right. I appreciate that, bud. Thanks, man. All right. We apologize. We had uh, some of the, we had the, not the complete song in there. So uh, y'all, y'all did great as you sang along partially to that song. If you didn't know the words, so, sorry about that. We'll try to do better next time. Uh, we're in the book of Joshua. The first five books of the, the Bible are called the Pentateuch. That's right. And we're called the what? The, 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 the Torah, the sixth book is what? Joshua. Okay, we know where that lies. Who wrote the book of Joshua? Joshua wrote the book of Joshua. Where was he born? Egypt. He was, he was born as a slave in Egypt. And who was he an, an assi- assistant to? Moses. What did I just hear? I heard God in there too. So you can say God. That, that counts. I can't say, no, you're wrong. Yes, that counts too. Um, are you all good? You good? Yeah. Two two weeks ago, we we didn't meet this past week. Two weeks ago, we were in jo- jo- Joshua chapter seven, and we spoke on the exciting, uplifting. Y'all walked, it, y'all left the edge, and y'all were like this because you were so excited about. So we, we 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 y'all re- remember what we spoke about two weeks ago? I know it was like a moon, like like a month ago. You feel like anybody? What? The guy that okay, the guy that took stuff from the war, and, and so it, 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 that's right, that's right. And he hid it in his tent, and he was caught. So it was the s- seriousness of what, of sin. That's right. It was God's wrath and the seriousness of sin. Uh, there were two points. I just want to refresh on sin. One one point was sin always affects your blank family. What what is it? Faith, Faith family, your church family. You know what? Your sin, personal sin will always affect your faith family. You being in sin and not repenting about it can affect those around you. We are a, a, a part of the, the a body of Christ. If you have put your faith in Christ, you are in this room right now, you're part of the body of Christ. And your sin doesn't just affect you, it, it can affect those around you. So that was one of the main points. The next point, that sin will always affect your what family? What else? First was your faith family. It'll also affect your what family? Real or physical family. You know, when we choose to sin, rebellion against God, we choose to do that, it is going to affect those that we most love. Sometimes it will bring them along that same path that we are, where we choose to sin. They'll see us do that, and they'll think, well, it's okay for them to do it. I'll do it as well. So it will it will affect them as well. So sin is a serious, serious deal. And I, talk, I got to talk to quite a few of you that night, uh, and you were, like, really challenged. Some of you came up and said, were you, like, staring at me the whole night because I felt like you were? And I don't really, if I think you're into something I'm speaking about, I'll probably avoid you and not, just to let you know that. I'm not trying to, like, ah, oh, not you, John. It's okay. You're, you're good. Um, so, um, so, so j- j- just know that, you know, it was, it's a, don't, don't let two weeks go and spring break if you were challenged that night to deal with a sin issue in your life, man, can I beg you to not just walk away and act like you were never convicted about it, but, but do something about it. You will be so much better for it um, if you can just begin to deal with that sin. We ended it with an I- interesting study, and that was that um, smoke alarms. Who has ever heard a smoke alarm go off? Okay, you know, they say um, they did a study, 95% of kids that are asleep in their own home when the smoke, smoke 
alarm goes off, they will not even roll over or wake up for two minutes. For over two minutes, they won't even budge. Now, that's scary because most of the time they say within two minutes, the smoke and the fire has gotten too great that they're probably not going to make it out at that point. So they did the study. There you you can see YouTube clips, and the kids are just like, I mean, it's like right by their ear. It's making me want to punch my dog, you know, because it's so loud. You know what I'm saying? And I, I'm not going to punch him. It's okay. He's, he's cute and old. Um, and uh, I couldn't say somebody, like, punch somebody else in the face, and my dog was the only safe thing to say. Um, so, but they say that the same study showed that a parent, when they call out, not yelling, but when they just call out to their child, their son or daughter, to, hey, wake up, you need to wake up, within, like, five to seven six seconds, 95% of the kids would wake up because of the voice of the parent that would call out to him. And the point is, we're, we're in a world where, where sin is all over the place in the world. There's, we know some things are wrong to do, but we still do it. And there's alarms that go off, and we don't even hear it. It's like we're, we're, we live this life asleep. And we need to get tuned in to the Father's voice, God's voice, because when God speaks to us, when we get into his word on our own, when it's preached, when we speak among friends, when that voice comes in, when God speaks to us, man, I want to be tuned in to when he says, hey, Dan, you, you need to stop and deal with this right now. I want to I wake up. Because so many of us walk through this world and we're asleep. And because we're asleep, we're ineffective in everything that we do. And my hope for me and my, my hope for you is that, that you go, man, I want a life that's, that gives God honor and glory. But the only way it will give God honor and glory is if we're awake. Okay, so now we're on Joshua chapter 8. And while 7 was against God, well, it was all about God's wrath and, and sin, 8 is about God's rede- redemption pa- power. Okay, so it's while 7 is the, be- the bad news of sin and what we deal with, 8 is, is how God deals with that once we have sinned and gone through the sin, how does God see us and, and how does God work? So it's, it's good news. So we're going to read jo- J- Joshua chapter 8, beginning verse 1 through 3. I'm just going to ask you to stand for this first part as we, as, as we read the Word of God. And uh, we, we stand in, in honor of God's Word, uh, the Bible, and um, just sort of follow along w- with me. I think we'll also have the words on the screen. Uh, in b- b- beginning in verse 1, it says this, And the Lord said to Joshua, Do not fear and do not be dismayed. Take all the fighting men with you and arise. Go up to Ai. See, I have, gotten into your, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and its king, as you did to Jericho and its king. Only its spoil and its livestock you shall take as plunder for yourselves. Lay an ambush against the city behind it. So Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them out by night. Let's, Let's pray and then we'll continue. Dear God, we thank you so much for your word chance to open it up and to, to read it. And God, I just ask that, that you will, will be free to work in this place. We invite you to, to um, speak to us tonight, to change our hearts, to change our lives. Uh, Lord, teach us your truth tonight. Uh, Lord, help me just to get out of the way. Uh, we thank you for 
uh, you don't leave us alone in our sin, but you pursue us and you love us. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. All right. First point of the night. I want you to see the text. They've just sinned. The man who sinned and his, his whole fam- fam- family who was in on the sin that they put to death. Okay, that's just occurred. In, in, the, in the verse, at the end of chapter 7, it says that the anger of the Lord no longer burned against the people. And then we get to verse 8. And I want you to see just a simple thing here. God doesn't say, ah, you better not do that again. He doesn't say, mm, I was so disappointed in you. While humans, we tend to say that, right? When someone wrongs you, even when they start to make it right, do we sometimes still hold a grudge against them? Anybody here? Okay. Good thing is you and I aren't God. He's God. And it says that he, he, he doesn't say there's no threats going, hey, I showed you what I did before. You better not stray from the path again. He doesn't do that at all. He just goes back to bit to the same business he was in in chapter 6. In chapter 6, verse 2, I want you to see the way he, he says this, this line in verse 2. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. Now, in Joshua 8, 1, at the end of that verse, he says this exact almost same phrase. He says, See, I have given into your hand the king of Ai and his people, his city, and his land. I want you just to see this whole point. God just picks up like everything is back to normal. And do you know what? When we bring unconfessed sin to God, we confess it, and we repent, which means we turn away from that sin. When we do that before God, God immediately restores the relationship right back to where it was before. It's like it didn't even skip a beat. And that is... This is something I don't think we can really understand because in our human relationships that we have, when someone wrongs us, a lot of times they never get back to where they were, right? Sometimes you go, man, I wish, I wish that friendship was what it used to be, but it's just, it's not. But we see here God immediately restores the relationship. How can he do it? Well, I, I shared this last week. 1 John 1.9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So this is for confessed sins. God does a couple things. We're going to skip the, the first verse that I had, but he casts your sins, it says, into the depth of the sea, okay? It says in, in um, Psalm 103, 12, that he, as far as the east is from the west, is, that's how far he removes your sin from you or I. When does the east meet the west? Where exactly? It doesn't. The, the east really never meets the west. So, so God takes your sin that you have repented from. He takes it and throws it away. And in Isaiah 43, verse 25, he says, he says, I, even I, am he who blots out your sins for my own sake and remembers your sins no more. He says, you know what? I take your sin that you've confessed and it's gone. So how can God restore the relationship like it used to be? Because it's gone, it's covered, and it's not covered by anything that you've done, but when he sees your confessed sin covered by the blood of his son, Jesus Christ, it's gone. And when we go, God, I'm sorry that I did that, and he's like, God is one that goes, what, what are you talking about? 
you know, when I messed up and I, and God's like, did you repent of that sin? Yeah, I did. I don't know what you're, talk, you're talking. It, it's gone. We can't even grasp that's the way God works. He puts the relationship back to the way it was. Now, understand, though that is that he remembered your sin, no more sin has consequences. Okay? There are things on this earth that sin can, can, can affect you and hurt you or hurt those that you love for years to come, for weeks to come, for months to come because of choices that you make. It, has, it doesn't take those away, but it, it is no longer counted against you. It's no longer, God doesn't hold it against you like a grudge like we are prone to. So God immediately here restores the relationship. Now look at verse 1 again, real quick. Verse 1, and the Lord said to Joshua, do not fear and do not be dismayed. Stop, stop right there. Now, when God says, do not fear, he, it, it means uh, in the he, he, Hebrew, it means don't be full of dread. Don't be like, oh, like, oh, I don't want to have to face this. Have you ever had dread before? You know, sometimes I have dread when I've got to speak in front of a big group of uh, people. You, you, you get what I'm saying? You're like, oh, I got to do that. Um, so so he, he says, do not fear, do not be full of dread. And then it says, do not be dismayed, which is, is, is shared in two ways. One is be downtrodden or disheartened, or also means shattered. So the first thing he says once they have messed up, but they have made things right, is, hey, do not be full of dread and do not be shattered. Someone, have you ever seen some, someone that's sh- shattered? before that the, that and you see this uh, you see this i would say a lot of times you see this if you work with the homeless at all and they're walking down the street and it's someone who who won't even look up and meet you at eyes because society and the world has sort of cast them as a loss and they're not worth anything they're a shattered life that can't even lift their chin up to look at somebody in the face. It, it, it's crump, you're, 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 you're wrecked. But, you know, the point here is God doesn't only restore the relationship. God removes the shame. Okay, he says, first thing he says to him is, hey, do not be full of dread and do not be shattered. Now go do what I've told you to do. How many times, I don't know about you, I, I guarantee if I ask for, honesty in this room when if there's sin in your life or things that you've done you go oh i'm just so ashamed of that but you know the word of god says if it's confessing that there's no condemnation for those who are in christ jesus that shame for confessed sin should be gone i am who has been to one of my youth camps before right we've had quite a few if you've not been to one of my camps you might have been to a youth camp and a lot, a lot of them have this. You usually the third night or fourth night of camp or fifth night. Sometimes we used to do camps for five nights. Um, you have a thing called a, a share night. Has it, anyone ever been to to one of those? Y'all know what I'm talking about? Share night is when uh, the week has gone, everything has been preached, and everything has been taught. God has sort of moved, and decisions have been made, and then s- students um, have a chance to sort of talk about and to share what what, what God has has taught them that week. And I've got to tell y'all this. I'll be straight up with y'all. Um, it is the most terrifying night for a youth pat, 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 pastor to live through because it's like an open mic night uh, for diarrhea of the mouth from students. 
in a lot of ways. You're like, what are you talking about? Students will get that, and they will just start to talk, and they're emotional, and they're crying, and they don't know what they're saying, and then all of a sudden they're saying, it's just scary because y'all don't know how much I've got to, the youth guys have got to think on their feet in order to keep afloat because weird things can be said. I was at a youth camp before this church. A lady was there who, who cooked for me at the camp. She was a head, head cook. And my wife is, is laughing about this already. I don't know if you were there, babe. Were, were you there for this one? And, uh, yeah, Miss, Miss K is what I'll call her. And she was a little crazy. She just, she, you know, youth parents are a little bit crazy anyways, but she was sort of cra- crazy eyes every now and then. And um, so my parents can share at the share night too. And so she grabs the mic, and she's got a daughter there at the camp who's probably 11th grade, 10th grade at the time. And she begins, Pastor Mike is beside me. We're friends at that time. I'm not, we don't work together. He's come to speak at my camp. He spoke for a couple of years for me. We're, we're younger guys at this point. And she begins to go, I just want to let y'all know that some of the girls here at this camp have been mean to my daughter. And then she starts to point out girls and name them off and what they did. How do you deal with that? Right? Now you know why I'm a little bit scared I'm a little bit, you know, of, 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 of this night. Now, now, as she began to do this, I am like, oh, my goodness, oh, my goodness. And Mike is, like, sitting there like this, looking at me, excited. Like, I've got to deal. I want to see how, what, what goes on with this. So I stand up, and, and, and after she hit, I couldn't stop her from two names, and she's still going. I went, hey, Karen, hey. And, and I begin to talk, and I've got to tell you, there's, there's been... Rare times that I really feel like I've been filled with the Spirit because I had no clue what I said in those two minutes or three minutes. But I remember when I got to the end of it, something sounded really good. And I sat down beside Mike for it to go on. She was done. That was done. And Mike goes, bro, I don't know how you pulled that off because that was a train wreck that was like on fire and uh, it was crazy. So, so, so that, you know, so... You share nights can be scary. That's why now I'm like going, we're here to testify about what God's done. If you've been to our camps, I'm sort of clear on that. Well, we were there. We were there. Uh, probably it might have been that same year. There's this little kid named Billy that was a guest that had come. Seventh grader. He was like 11 or 12. And it's our share night. And I don't. he's not been to our church much before. And so he stands up and... He says, I've got something I want to share. His lips begin to shake. Just cute little kid. And he starts to go, I just want to let the group know that um, the week before youth camp, I uh, was playing by a, a gutter, and there were leaves and stuff in it. And my friends, I was playing with my friends, but they left. And I took a match, and I lit the leaves on fire, and it lit the, the gutter on fire. And I ran, and the fire department came, and they put it out, but it was like a big fiasco, but I didn't tell anybody, so no one knows it was me, and I don't know if God will ever forgive me. And he sat down. <laughs> How do you deal with that? I'm thinking to myself, you've heard about the forgi- forgiveness of God all week, the gospel. You didn't get anything. That's what I'm, I'm thinking. So, so, so this poor kid was wrecked because he had started this fire and, and for him, it was a great sin that God, he didn't really think God could ever forgive him for it. Because that's great. He was so ashamed of it. And I wanted, you know, when I think back to him, 
I think we feel that way like that kid about sin that's sort of hidden within our, our lives that we've even confessed before God and we've working to get right on it. And we still, if, we still feel that, that shame about it, that guilt. And I want you to know that, that God, God removes the shame. You know, when, we, when, when we're, we're, a lot of times we, we live in the past of, of sins and, and wrongdoings that we've done when we, we, we keep those like, oh, we think, man, God could, could never use me because you don't know what, what I've done. My friends, you've never read the word of God before because everybody in this book is a wreck, is a train wreck and a dumpster fire. They've lied, they cheat, they steal. They've, they've, they're, they're all wrecks that God took and he used post-wreck. But they had to learn something. They couldn't live in their shame. There's many in this room, I guarantee, you aren't going forward for God because you're like, well, I can't do that because you don't know how I've just not left for God and I'm just not a good example, so I just can't really make a, I can't be bold for my faith because of that. That's just a, that's just a bunch of, of you know, it's just wrong. In uh, Luke chapter 15, Jesus tells a story to a group of people. And it's a story about a punk young son who goes to his, his father, father who's not dead yet and says, hey, I want my inheritance now. You're, you haven't died yet, so give it to me. Y'all should try that and just see what occurs at your home. <laughs> And let, and let me know when you get out of jail or whatever. Um, uh, so he said, and so the, the father gives half of his money to the younger son. The, the younger son goes out and he, and he blows it on himself. He's greedy. He's lustful. He's selfish. He blows it. He's a whole wreck. And he, find, he gets to the point where he's so destitute that he's eating the same food that the slop that the pigs are eating. Are, are eating. He's, he's with the pigs. And at that point, he thinks to, my, to himself, my father's a very rich man, and his ser- 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 servants eat much better than this. I'll go to him, and, um, and let's, let's catch on the story. It's in, in, in Luke chapter 15, beginning verse 17. We've got the words on the screen to follow along. It says this, but when he came to himself, that means when he came to his senses, and I mean, sometimes we just need to come to our senses, people people. We need to, to wake up. He said to himself, how many of my father's hired servants have more than enough bread, but perish here with hung, hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me as one of your hired ser- servants. And he arose and came to, his, to his, his father. But while he was still a long way off, his father saw him and felt compassion for him. Now we see a son that is, he's, he's hit rock bottom, but he's turned away from his sin. He is in the process of repenting from his sin and coming to God. And I want you to see, he has gone far away from God. But it says that when he was a long way off, that God saw him. And for God to see him when he was a long way off, God had to have been looking for him. God is the, the father in the story. Sorry, I just sort of gave that away. The, the father sees him a long way off, and it says the father saw him, had compassion, and he ran to him. Can I tell you, that's the exact picture of what God does with us when we turn from our sin and we begin to turn to him and go, man, I don't know if God will ever accept me for what I did. I, I, I'm sorry for what I did. 
he sees us and he comes run, 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 running. It says he ran and embraced him and kissed him. And verse 21, And the son said to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his ser- servants, Bring quickly the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring the fattened calf and kill it. And let us eat and celebrate for the son my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found, and they begin to celebrate. This is you and me, and this is God's response when you turn away from sin and you ter- turn to him. He's not going, ah, 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 shame on you. I told you better. I taught you better. I gave you so much, and you, 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 you wasted it all. He doesn't do that. He takes the, be- the best robe, rings on his fingers, shoes on his feet, embraces them, and throws a party because he's come back. That's a picture of God's response to us when we turn from sin. So why are we living in our shame still of sins that we've confessed and we've turned away from and we're, we've, we've walked away from? Why do we still live in that shame when God says, what sin? If you've repented, it is gone. Quit letting your shame of past sins hinder your being useful to God now. Move on because God has. You need, we need to move on because God has. Um, take, take note, and there's, there's people everywhere that this, this would be taught that this applies to because um, there's some in a room like this that aren't repenting from sin. You're, you're deep in sin and you are you are jumping in it, and you're not running away from it. You're not fighting against it. Don't be confused here, because if you have sin that's unconfessed and you're unrepentant, uh, you should be ashamed. You should be ashamed. That's, that's called, the, if you're a believer, that's co- the conviction of the Holy Spirit in your life. And that's a good thing to be ashamed. Of. That's what helps get you out of that sin. So don't be like, oh, I don't have to be ashamed of this. No, this is for sin that you are confessed, repented from, and you're, you're running away from. I just don't want you to get confused on that. Look, go back to jo- Joshua chapter 8 in, in verse 3. I'm, gonna, I'm just going to read to verse 9. It said, so Joshua and all the fighting men arose to go up to Ai. I just want you to see that they responded. God said, do, do this, and they, they get up and they go. If they didn't dwell in their shame, they moved. And Joshua chose 30,000 mighty men of valor and sent them out by night. And he commanded them, Behold, you shall lie in ambush against the city behind it. Do not go very far from the city, but all of you remain ready. And I and all the the people who are with me will approach the city. And when they come out against us, just as before, we we shall flee before them. And they will come out after us until we have drawn them away from the city. For they, they will say... They're, they're fleeing from us just as before, so we will flee before them. Then you shall rise up from the ambush and seize the city, for the Lord your God will give it into your hand. And as soon as you have taken the city, you shall set the city on fire. You shall do according to the word of the Lord. See, I have commanded you. So Joshua sent them out, and they went to the place of ambush and lay between Bethel and Ai, to the west of Ai. But Joshua spent that night among the people. And then verses 10 through 19, we see they, they do exactly that. They lie in ambush on the backside uh, of the city, a smaller group of men. The main force goes to the front, 
the men of AI come out to attack, and what they do, they begin to flee again. And it says, it says there in the text, just like they did before. You know, the last thing they probably wanted to think about was, oh, we've been in this spot before, but some of our comrades and friends died because we, we were in sin and we tried to attack the city and we had to flee in ch- chapter 7, in verses th- 3 through 5, we, we had to flee to escape and we, th- 36 men of ours were killed. And all of a sudden we see that they come back and they do this again. <clears throat> but now it's part of their plan. You know, Romans 8.28 says, uh, um, we, we know that all things work together for good for those who love God and are called according to his pur- purpose. You know, God, um, God re- restores the relationship. He removes the uh, shame. And God will use your past failures for future victories. Okay, hear me here. God will use your past failures for future victories. He'll use mistakes you've made in the past to work for good in your life so that in the future you can be victorious in things. The last thing these men want to do was go before the same foes they had fleed from, and they're going to flee from them again. But this time it's a trap. I could have done that. Admiral Akbar joke there, but it wasn't appropriate. So they, 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 they could have, but it was a trap. But they, they had learned if we flee, they're going to all run out and come after us. And when they do this, we can attack. How does this affect you? Lessons that you have learned? You know, I, I've worked with youth for 24 years, and some of the greatest things I get to teach youth ministers and young ministers who are young the greatest things that I can teach them are the mistakes that I've made and things that I've learned from my mistakes. By far, some of the greatest things that I can tell them that they will hear was I tell the stories of what I did wrong and what they can do to do right are the mistakes that I have made. Would I like to go back in, in, in the past and make those same mistakes again? Some were sinful mistakes that I made with attitudes that I had or or wrong feelings in my heart against somebody. Would I want to do that again? No, that would be wrong. That would be a sin against God. I, but I've learned from those mistakes, and I can use those to help those before me. Some of you have made mistakes in your life, which we call sin. But you've come out of those, and God has, has taught you, and you've grown in your faith. And one of the greatest things that you can do, you're going to meet many people, pe- people in your life that are that will be usually young young younger than you it might just be by a year or two but they're going through the same thing that you went through three years ago or four and you can go hey this is this is not a good place for you to be this is how god worked in my life and he can work in your life our failures of the past god can use for victories in the future do not miss that the um, towards the end, you know, the 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 story ends. We're not going to go through it all. We don't have time. Uh, we're about, about about done now. But the they take the city of Ai. You know, they they burn it. The all the men are out of the city. They burn the city from the back, and then they they wipe out all the inhabitants of the city. They take the king, uh, and they kill the king of Ai. And it says in verse twenty eight. 
so Joshua burned Ai and made it forever a heap of, of ruins as to this day. And he hanged the king of Ai on a tree until evening. And at sunset, Joshua commanded, and they took his body down from the tree and threw it at the entrance of the, of the gate of the, of the city and raised over it a great heap of stones which stands there to this day. I want you to know something then. In this text, in, in chap, cha, chapter 8, they follow the commands of God to a T. I mean, and I think sometimes when we repent from sin and, and we are forgiven for our sin and we begin to live for God, all of a sudden we're a little bit more keen on, on the straight and narrow path that God wants us to walk on. We're sort of more aware, and so they're very aware. Even to this point, uh, and this was a practice of the day, you would... You would put the they would the king was killed. They would hang him up uh, until nightfall, uh, just as a warning for other groups to know they were coming uh, and they were going to take this land. It was sort of a, a normal thing, sort of a group gruesome deal. In Deuteronomy chapter twenty one verses twenty two and twenty three, it says this: it says, and if a man has committed a crime punishable by death, and he is put to death. You hang him on a tree. His body shall, shall not remain all night on the tree, but you shall bury him the same day, for a hanged man is cursed by God. That's what you see even in this story. As they hang this man, they don't leave him up through nightfall and through the next day for the birds and everything. They followed the script, scriptures here. This was a, a law and a truth that, that they knew. And so we see that they, they, they obeyed even the commands of God even to that point. But it's interesting because Paul refers back to that Deuteronomy chapter 21 verse about how what you do with a with a with a a a a cursed cursed man hung on a tree and you take him down. Paul writes this in Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 and 14. I think this is very appropriate with Easter coming up. Uh, it says this: Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law by becoming a curse for us. As it is written, for, for it is written, curses everyone who is hanged on a tree. That's the quote, direct quote from the, the verses I just, just read. Verse 14, so that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come to the Gentiles, the, 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 the non-Jews, so that we might receive the promised spirit through faith. He says, you know what? He says that, that Christ, and this is the good news here. That we sin, and we all deserve death because of our sin, and no one, no one can do good enough works to fix their sin, because God is perfect without sin. But we choose, we choose sin. We're not forced into it. We choose it. Kids do it at a very young age when they're just spooled, rotten, and, and mean. They, 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 they don't. They're not taught to be mean. They just mine. One of the first words a kid learns, says is, is mine. And you're like. I'm like, sweetheart, you taught him that, you know, because I was letting him. No, so, see, you know, it's just, it's a part of who we are. But so we all sin. The Bible says we all sin and fall short of the gl- glory of God and the wages of sin. What we earn from sin is death. But God didn't leave, leave us alone going, ah, y'all choose sin, that's what you get. But he sent Jesus Christ to live a life without sin. And, and, and he, was, he, was, he was nailed to a tree as sinless perfection and the weight of our sin, your sin and mine, the sins of the world were laid upon him. Uh, and that's what, what killed him. So, and he died as a sacrifice 
for a, a sin debt that we can only pay with our own death. And he, he paid it for us so that we could have a right relationship with God. That's the gospel. That's what Easter is all about. So just be reminded that God, he um, restores the relationship. He's about restoring the relationship. He's about removing the shame. Let's quit living in shame. Let's move forward, be bold, be amazed at what God can do. And he takes our past failures and he he will use it for victories if you let him. Let's pray, pray together. Dear God, I thank you so much for tonight, chance to open up your word. God, help us to not be constrained or bound by, by sin. Uh, Lord, help us to uh, be aware of the sin in our life, to re- repent of our sin, and to, uh, to seek you, to trust you, to, to follow you. Uh, and to, Lord, to, to, for sin that we've confessed and we've moved away from, Lord, I ask that you'll just take the shame away and help, 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 help us to honor you. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen.